Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossford, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to shake some stuff. <laughs> just sitting there just then, I have had to write something. Because God just showed me something, and it goes with what I'm going to be teaching. Years ago, God spoke to me, and he said that our perception of God determines how far we will go with God. How you view him determines how far you will go with him. And what Josh was singing about him being a good father, and he is. But we view God a lot of times through the upbringing of our own father. That is our first example of a father figure. And while I was sitting there, what I, while I was standing there, what I heard was, we have father issues. We have father issues. Because, like the song says, he's a good father. He, has, he means everything good for us. But yet, and we say that we believe that, but does our actions show that we believe that? Psalms 23. We all know this. Everybody knows Psalms 23. People like to put it on their tombs, on people's tombstones, but this is not a this is not a tombstone scripture. <laughs> well, they think it's when you die, you're passing over and going into heaven, but that's not all this is about. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. <laughs> Amen. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. 
I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What God showed me here a while back, what I heard him say, he said, provision is in the presence of your enemies. Well, I forget, I'm fixing to shift something for you. Provision is in the presence of your enemies. That's not just talking, when I say provision, I'm not talking about just money. That is everything that we need. When you read this scripture, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All of my needs are met. That scripture, that one verse goes, verse 1 goes along with Matthew 6, 33. It says, Seek the kingdom of God first, and what we need will be added to us. If the Lord is our shepherd, we're seeking his kingdom. And what we need, it will be added. Then it goes on to say, and he makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, and leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It says, yea, though I walk through, walk through, we don't stop and live in the valley of the shadow of death. We walk through it. We walk through it. The shadow of death is when our circumstances begin to look dark. Like Rhonda's testimony, she's got an unreliable job, but she's got a reliable God. And she's talking about her income, having, not having a reliable job, but then if you were just listening to what she was saying, I've been to Conway, I've been here, I've been there, I've been, I've been, I've been. It didn't slow her down. She didn't stop in this valley of the shadow of death. Her and Andy still been going. It says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table. A table represents what you need. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. It says it right there. God prepares what you need in the presence of your enemies. What's on the table? So what's on God's table? Green pastures is on his table in this scripture. Still waters is on the table. The path of righteousness, which is your destiny, is on this table. Your destiny is in the presence of the enemy. Think about that for a minute. 
It says our heads are anointed. How many of you want to be anointed by God? Amen. We all do. We don't need the anointing unless we're going to be in the presence of the enemy. So let me ask it again. How many of you want the anointing? <laughs> because the anointing is what gives you the power to overcome. So if you're not going to be in the presence of your enemy, you don't need what you need it for. You don't need it. You know, in Numbers, it talks about the children of Israel when they were going into the promised land. You know, they sent 12 spies into the land. It's called the promised land. God said it was theirs. He promised it to them. He said it was a land flowing with milk and honey. So they went into the land. We've all heard the story. They went into the land to look. And what God said about it was true. It was flowing with milk and honey. It took two men to carry a cluster of grapes. You know, these at Walmart we pick up with two fingers. I don't know how huge the grapes actually were. But a cluster, it took two men to carry them on a pole. That is the promised land. But when they went into the land, all 12 went in. But only two said, we can, we can take this. We can do this. Ten come back saying, no, we can't. Why did they say we can't? Giants in the land. There were enemies in the land. Their promised land had an enemy, just like ours. See, our destiny, that's what it wrote, is in the presence of our enemies, and our provision is in our destiny. So what did the spies say? They come out saying, we are grasshoppers in our own eyes. God never told them they were grasshoppers in the enemy's eyes. They said it themselves, that we are grasshoppers in our own eyes. So why did they say that? It's because they didn't they had father issues. They did not know God their father. If you go on down into verse three of chapter fourteen, this is this was their choice. It says, Were it not better, this is a for the ten, were it not better for us to return to Egypt. See, when God begins to move us forward, we're going to be confronted with something. But they were saying, I would rather go back into the old. I would rather go back and submit to Egypt than to go forward with what God has, than to go into the promised land. And for those that want to go into the promised land, 
that want to go forward, want to go into your destiny, you're going to have people, because that's what God uses most of the time. You're going to have people that's going to try and stop you. Who do you think you are? You're not qualified. They told Jesus, I know who your family is. When he was trying to, when he was ministering, I know who your family, I know your brothers, I know your sister, I know your daddy. That was the enemy trying to stop. See, there's one thing. See, going forward and confronting an enemy or going back and submitting to an enemy, you're going to have an enemy one way or the other. That's what we don't realize. We're going to have an enemy. If we choose not to go forward, it doesn't mean that we don't have an enemy. So what is our enemy? The enemy that I want to talk about this morning is the spirit of fear. You know, the spirit of fear doesn't always identify itself as fear. It doesn't never come up and say, I'm fear. Don't go. Don't do this. It always identifies itself as other things. It identifies itself as I can't. I can't teach. I can't preach. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, Jesus confronted his enemies all the time. He confronted them. What was his enemies? The Pharisees were his enemies. Religion was his enemy. Sickness was his enemy. Unbelief was his enemy. See, anything that doesn't line up with God's word is our enemy. See, in Psalms 23, in one of the verse, verse 4, it goes on to say when it says that he set a table before us, it says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I'll just tell you a little bit. The first time anybody that's on this platform can tell you will have a testimony concerning fear. The first time I ever danced across the front, years ago, Pastor Aline was our pastor. I was afraid to dance, to dance across the front. Fear comes and says, people are going to be watching you. You can't do that. There are people in the way. There's all kind of excuses. But what, what happened? I did it anyway. 
that was confronting the enemy. I danced across the front and come back to the middle and stopped right there. And because I confronted that enemy, Pastor Eileen prophesied over me. Because I confronted that enemy. Had I not done that, she would have never spoken a word over me. When we were praising this morning and worshiping this morning, I look out across the platform, out across the people, out across, I'm just observing. And God is showing me some stuff. Why do we not dance like David danced? Fear. Fear. But provision is in the presence of our enemies. Fear is our enemy. I'm too out of shape to dance like I did years ago <laughs> I get out, I give out quickly but that day I'm just telling about myself that day I had sweat dripping off of me I confronted the enemy when we started going to Conway you know, get in the car. I think I was in there with my wife and Apostle Angie. We're headed to Conway on Friday night. Going to go up there and see what's going on in Conway. We hadn't been yet. Apostle had. On the way up there, you know, I'm going for to observe. Just tell the truth. That's I'm going to observe. On the way up there, Apostle turns and says, uh, you know God's going to give you a word. <laughs> Never seen the people before in my life. God's going to give you a word. What do you think I had to face? Fear? It's like, uh, let me out. I'll catch a ride home. I'm not saying I thought that because I've, I've had to face fear often enough. But, you know, those thoughts come. It's like, uh, we need to turn around. Why did I even volunteer? Those thoughts come. That's nothing but fear. And sure enough, all I, all I had to do then when she said that was, God, I submit to whatever you want. It was that simple. You want me to speak something? Give it to me. And he, and he did. But when she said it, it's like fear got right there. Right there. And that's the thing. Every time that we begin to go forward in God, 
every time he wants to move us to another, to another level, we're go it's going to be there. It's there every single time. And I'm not saying that as a discouragement to keep you from moving, because if you don't move, it's still going to be in your face. That's the thing. We're going to face the spirit of fear whether we go forward or whether we sit down. Because if we sit down, it sits in our lap to keep us there. So it's always there. But the thing is, if you keep pressing it and going forward anyway and just keep pushing it, it shows up. But you're not trembling anymore when it shows up. It's like, oh, that's just fear. We're going. It's like the first time I ever asked to speak. I was scared to death, shaking, gripped the pulpit, just scared and trembling. And then it, it bothered me for a week. But then on the way to Conway that day when the apostle said that, it's like, yeah, fear showed up right there. But it's like all I had to do was say, okay, God, I submit. Whatever you want, fear was gone. It doesn't, it can't stay there. The more you press against it and push it back, the less it can have an effect on you. And when it comes to giving and, well, anything, basically, Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, He that observes the wind, which basically means looks at circumstances, mm -hmm, shall not sow. And he that regards the clouds shall not reap. If you don't sow, you don't reap. So if the enemy... In any area, whether it's sowing your, in your finances or whether it's sowing into the kingdom as far as your destiny, you can look at the circumstances and say, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not qualified to preach. I'm not qualified to dance. Can you walk and move one leg a little bit? You're qualified. Can you stomp your foot? You're qualified. You may not can jump up and twirl around. But that doesn't matter. You're qualified. See, when we step out in faith, that's when God shows up. He's just waiting. He's waiting for you to make that move into whatever he's called you to do. See, this, that scripture says, don't observe the wind. There's one wind that we do observe. That's the wind of the Holy Ghost. Now, when that wind blows, that's the wind that we move with. And when that wind blows, we don't know where it's coming from. We don't know where it's going. And if you've got fear in you, it will shut you down. Because we don't know what the Holy Ghost is going to do. I remember God gave me a word called it the chaotic order of God one time. 
he showed it to me when Pastor Eileen was praying for people. You know, we line people up a lot of times in a nice, neat little row. And we start at one end, we go to the other end. Well, that day, that's not how it worked. That was nice and orderly. Your ushers could keep up. That day, I was her catcher. She'd pray for somebody over here, and next thing I know, by the time I got them on the floor, she was over here, and then she'd be back over here. I was stepping over people, trying to keep up, and that was the chaotic order of God. That was the, the wind of the Holy Ghost. She was praying for who God said pray for at that moment. There's nothing wrong with lining people up and going down the line. But sometimes God says, pray for this one, pray for that one, this one, this one. And that's his, or that's his order. When I was looking at this, I heard God say this, say this word, these words. He said, get up, go forward, pursue and overtake Get up, go forward, pursue, and overtake. And the scripture for that is in Samuel, where the Lord told David to pursue. It says, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. If we don't pursue the things of God, we don't recover. Whatever the enemy has stolen from us remains stolen. We have to pursue it and overtake it and recover it. Also, the scripture tells us that the devil is seeking someone to devour. How does he devour people? He devours them with fear. He devours people with fear. If he can shut you down, he has devoured you. But there's another scripture in Chronicles, it says that God is searching the whole earth, cross it included, for someone to show himself strong in. He is God. The devil is seeking someone to devour, and God is seeking someone to show himself strong in. Amen. And the way you, he shows himself strong in somebody is when somebody is willing to step out and do something that they haven't done before. Do something that the Holy Ghost has prompted them to do. That's how he shows himself strong. See, he just showed himself strong in Tim Carraway this morning. By being willing to come up here and say, God did this for me. God did this. To get real before the people. Say, God did this. I had a, I had a problem. We don't need to know what is all, all the details. But he said, I had a problem. Something I couldn't get rid of. But he got real. And because he got real, God showed up. And showed himself strong. 
There's a scripture in Daniel. See, I said earlier that our perception of God determines how far we will go with God. It says, but in Daniel 11, 32, it says, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. An exploit, when it comes to the things of God, is something that's supernatural. If it's natural, it's not an exploit. If anybody can do it, it's not an exploit. It's got to be something supernatural. But the key to that verse, to doing these supernatural things, is knowing who your God is. You got to know your God. It's like, like I used Rhonda and Andy as an example a while ago. They know who their God is. Rhonda and Andy, they never quit. Even, even though their job don't look real great, they never quit. They keep doing what God has called them to do. They keep going. They keep pressing it. They keep facing that fear. But the thing is, when it comes to facing fear, I can't face fear for you. I can give you my examples of what I've been through. Pastor Barbara can give you her examples of what she's been through, what she's faced. We can all give you examples of what we had to face. But the thing about fear is you're going to have to face it individually. You're going to have to face it on your own. All our experiences are, are examples to, to show you that God did this. God did it for me. God did it for pa, for, for pastor. <laughs> God did it for pastor. God's done it for Apostle Angie. But what he's done for us doesn't give you the victory. You have to look at us and say, well, if they can do it and God did it for them, then he can do it for me. And then you step out. Because that fear, some of the things that fear says, well, I got it. What I wrote is fear hides behind I. I am too old. I'm too young. I haven't been taught or trained. You know, when Abraham, God called Abraham, I don't think when God called Abraham that he just jumped up and down with joy and says, yay, I get to leave. Where I'm at, I get to leave my father and my mother, and I get to leave and go off over here to some place I have never been and don't even know where it's at. Abraham didn't, I'm afraid he didn't do that. I'm afraid a little fear showed up when God says, pack up everything. Pack up everything, your wife, your kids, all your livestock, and go that way. Fear showed up. 
You don't tell us that fear showed up, but you know it did. It had to. But what did he do? He packed up and went, and now he's known as the father of faith because he went. Apostle Angie posted this, and it was written by Corey Ten Boone. It says, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. None of us know what our future actually is. We know which direction we're headed. But basically what she's saying is if when we know, we don't know what our future is, but we know who God is. And if he says go that way, that's the way we go. Amen. So in Second Timothy... Second Timothy chapter one. I'll just say when I was looking this morning out across there when we were praising God and worshiping God that uh I could see fear. On people, I could see it a lot of places, and the reason I say that is because when we know who our God is, and like that song that Josh was singing, our our dance is a weapon. When he, our shout is a weapon, there were some weapons being yielded. When he said, our dance is a weapon, there were not very many weapons pulled out. I'm just saying. There wasn't very many weapons pulled out on that one. And I'm thinking, why? Because of fear. You can call it anything you want to. I call it fear. What I used to call it was being reserved. Yeah. That's what I called fear. When God began to want me to do something and step out, roll across the floor, I called it I'm reserved. I'm, I'm a quiet and reserved man. Man, a few words. But God didn't call it reserved. God called it fear. Then when you face those fears, when you face those things, even, I'm not telling you to come up here and jump, and run, I mean, that would be fantastic if you did. You'd break that thing real quick. But just step out in the little things that he's asking you to do, those little promptings, the little things that he asks you to do. If he asks you to give a testimony, give it shaking. 
you're pressing fear. If he asks you to just walk across the front, walk across the front, you're pressing against that fear. Just whatever he asks you to do, just keep pressing that thing and pressing that thing and pressing that thing. We think that if I knew what I back then, what I know now, I would just just went crazy with it, but I probably wouldn't. It takes a little bit at a time of just pressing it until we push past it and just keep going. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 6 and 7, this is Paul talking to Timothy and giving him some advice. It says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. But what he has given us, and this rest of it, is but he has given us the Holy Spirit of power. He's given us the Holy Spirit of love. And he's given us the Holy Spirit of a sound mind. So Paul had to, t- had to lay hands on Timothy and say, God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what I want to do this morning, don't be afraid. (laughs) Fear not. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. All I'm going to do is, when I read that, what I felt is I want to lay hands on you if you want me to and release the Holy Spirit of power and the Holy Spirit of a sound mind and the Holy Spirit of love. And that will press past fear. So if you want that, if you want to be able to press past fear, just take a step and go past fear. Come down. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.